0: Hello, Lover, I'm Beetham, and thank you for choosing Once a Warrior. Today's guest played 386 first-class games and 60 of them were at the Vodafone Warriors. He is the man. Ryan Hoffman, uh, thanks for joining me, my man. Pleasure, Monts. Thanks for having me, mate. Mate, we see you on the sidelines. You're at the Super Club Melbourne Storm. Uh, But what's your role?
1: Uh, football operations manager. Uh, it's actually a fancy title for a glorified babysitter for 36 footballers, mate. But uh, no, look, I'm, I'm enjoying the role. It's great to still be involved in uh, in rugby league. And I see how important um, sort of the football director sort of role we, um is in rugby league at the moment, and uh, Frank Panisi is our, our football director, and I work under him.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, um, playing through the pandemic, uh, Melbourne Storm has had to relocate a couple of times. We think about the Warriors who have been spending um, a long time overseas. How, how hard has it been, man, first-hand, you know, having having worked with some of your boys?
1: Yeah, look, uh, t- 2020 was a, was a big year, obviously, um, with a, a lot of the changes, and... Uh, we packed everything up, moved up to the Sunshine Coast. We got told we'd be there for two weeks, end up staying five months. Um, I'm sure the Warriors fans, players, um, certainly understand all that. Look, we did go through some some tough times um, with families and uh, people moving, but to be honest, it's a spit in the ocean compared to what the Warriors have oh. sort of gone through. I remember when I spoke to the guys in 2020, after we played them, um, me, Cameron and, and Mooks were in the locker room. and just to sort of thank them for what they're doing. And I got really emotional. Like, it really hit me hard because wow. I knew quite a lot of those boys and I knew how important home was to them and I know how important playing for the Warriors at home is for them. And it really,
0: it really hit me and um, the sacrifice they were making. Then it was a nice touching post uh, from you during the week uh, where you had a similar shot when you were walking down a particular driveway to the number two training field and then you showed this current crop. Uh, nice post. You still got a soft spot for the club?
1: Oh, 100%. 100%, I absolutely loved my time at the Warriors. Um, I, I really did, I love the people, uh, love the fans. I, we, as a family, we loved, loved living there, we really did. We, we really enjoyed everything about it. And um, one of my most proudest moments as a rugby league player was I got to be an NRL captain of the, of the, of the Warriors, and um, that, that's something I take great pride in. To see them run out from that uh, eastern eastern grandstand, knowing what it's like under there, and knowing how the boys would be feeling when walk through that tunnel, and, just seeing, you know, the crowd, the flags, and all that sort of stuff—it really got me so so excited, mm. and also take great pride in seeing the boys back home where where they belong. Mm. Um, you know, I'm Warrior 195, and no, no one's ever going to be 195. That's my that's my personal number. That that's that's my connection to that great club, and also to the country as well. So I I, t- I take great pride in that.
0: Mate, that'd probably be why uh, a lot of the fans have still got a soft spot for you, but also for some of these moves.
1: Ryan Hoffman runs a great line. It's a miracle try <laughs> from Hoffman. So Touchdown! Who saw that coming? Hoffman's got the ball. Hoffman, right off though. Straight through now, Hoffman. Ryan Hoffman makes it look easy.
0: They are going to win it with a try. Hoffman here's the score. Who just manages to hold on to it and score a beautiful try? Ryan Hoffman,
1: game 300. Ryan Hoffman in game 300. What a way to mark a big, big milestone.
0: Okay, just watch that back, bro. Uh, what, what are the memories that get evoked from that? Or, or how do you feel watching it back?
1: Oh look, mate! It's 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 just really really special being not knowing that I was I was wearing that jersey, not knowing that, that that's what I was I was re- representing. Those mo- moments re- running out, out there on, on Mount Smart, um, knowing our fans are the most parochial Fans, like the thing is we, with the Warriors, we, we don't have a town or a city behind us. We, we we've got a country. We had a whole country sort of behind us, and I got to play with some fantastic players. I class, Simon Mannering, and certainly the, the the top five players that, that I've mm. ever played with. Wow! Uh, I've been fortunate enough to, to play with some great players. So to be able to say I was a I was a teammate of arguably you know New Zealand's greatest ever player was something really special. And I love playing with Tommy Lilloy. Loved playing with Tommy I Loved him as a as a mate. Loved him as a as a rugby league player. I love I loved his his attitude. And he, 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 was a, he was a great leader and all you need to do was, you know, I loved it when Tommy played on half because he was next to me. Yeah. So I knew no one was running a de- no, no one's running at Tommy. <laughs> no, he sent him straight out of the So I knew all, I had an easy day because, you know, normally you get the forwards trying to beeline the, the half and, you know, no, no one's beelining t- Tommy little while. So I really enjoyed having him
0: next to me. You mentioned Simon Mannering without me even going there. What made him so good? You mentioned uh, top five players. Man, you've played with a hell of a lot of good players in your time. Mm.
1: The thing with Simon is that he wasn't an athlete. He was a footballer. Mm. So he wasn't 10 foot tall. He wasn't ballproof, Wasn't throwing weights around the gym. Wasn't running the house down. He was an out-and-out rugby league player. Like that's, like, I, I, it was like Cameron Smith in, in that regard. Cameron Smith wasn't an athlete. He was a footballer. And Simon Manning was the, the exact same. His body was built to play rugby league and he did it better than anyone else. And when you get footballers over athletes, you know footballers, um, they're going to be there for you in those moments. I think sometimes um, rugby league sort of fans and rugby league pundits and recruiters get a bit too focused on you know, the bloke that's 10 foot tall and runs 110 yeah. flat. You need to also have those footballers there, those footballers that always seem to put themselves in the right place at the right time. And that's what Simon did. You know, Simon Mannering's working hard from the inside and putting kick pressure on in the first minute. He's doing the same thing in the 79th minute after making 50 tackles. Like those, they're they're tough players, and um, they're they're the inspirational players, and they're they're the players that you know set a tone for the club. And um, you know, you you don't get success without having those sort of players leading the way.
0: You've played. Pretty much finals football in your whole career at the Storm. You've you won premierships there. You've always been amongst the best. So, um, how did it happen, and, and, and why else did you want to come?
1: Yeah, I I came. Um, I was off contract in uh, 2014, and Melbourne had had an offer. It was it was okay. And then out of nowhere, the Warriors came came along, and I hadn't really considered it. Um, Melbourne could only offer me two years. Um, the Warriors offered me three. Um, so there, there was there was that part of it, but it was also you, you want to be a, a part of something special. You want to be a part of the first thing. You want to be yeah. You, know, you want to be a part of the first. You want to you want to create something yourself. And I was also I, I wanted to be a part of New Zealand. I've got a bit of history with New Zealand. I lived in Wellington when I was a kid for two years, so New, New Zealand wasn't foreign to me and. Um, I was actually living in New Zealand when the Warriors first started. Ninety-five, I was I was living here. I remember watching on TV that first game against Brisbane. So I, I sort of had a bit of a I wouldn't say an affinity with the Warriors, but I, I sort of knew where they started, knew where yeah. they're from, and I could I, I just there, there was an excitement there of of something new that I wanted to be a part of. What got me really sort of got the the, the tingles going was um, the nines. Yeah. Playing playing in the Auckland Auckland Nines actually for the Warriors, I played previously with the, with the Storm, and to run out there for that first uh, Nines game, um, I think we had the PowerShell jersey on, and um, you know the the roar of the, of the crowd at Eden Park, you know, look it's you know the pinnacle of uh, sport in New Zealand to run out there and they're all cheering oh, yeah. for you for once was uh, was 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 pretty good, and I think I managed to score my first touch too in, in the Nines, so uh, it, it was really special. I, I could see what the potential is there in New Zealand because. The Warriors become successful, and the club become the club everyone wants them to be. In the club, they should be. They would be the strongest rugby club in the world. Like I'm not talking rugby union. I'm talking rugby league and rugby union. Yeah, unfortunately, I did leave with the with the job not done. And um, that's a regret I have. Um,
0: I didn't complete my task. When we think about the clubs you came from and the success you had to what you were trying to do here uh, in that time you were there, uh, what was the difference in in terms of the Warriors Club versus obviously Melbourne and also versus Wigan um, in terms of maybe perhaps not quite being there? Yeah, look, the thing that that I noticed was um, under Craig,
1: Craig... Has been at the Melbourne Store for twenty years, so his culture and his beliefs and what he has—it's mm. just been ingrained in the joint. Unfortunately, what's happened to the Warriors—I saw a thing the other day—they've had nine coaches since two thousand and ten, and it's very hard to be able to create a culture and, and, and an identity. And that's when I first got there with Cappy. We, we—I wanted to. I, I knew we weren't going to make New Zealand Warriors the Melbourne Storm because that's that's not the players' bed. That that wasn't right. what works in Melbourne Storm works for them. It doesn't necessarily work for everyone else. But it's, I wanted to bring those the high standards and the attention to detail um, to, to what, what we had in Melbourne because I, I believe that's how we sort of started to build a culture. And um, I, I, I thought we really started to do that in 2015. come to origin time that year, after the last origin, we're sitting fourth. In 2015, we beat Melbourne in, in Auckland um, and Friendy threw that ball between, ball between his legs. But unfortunately, we just didn't have the, the finish off at the end of the year and we, we missed out of the eight, but it, it was there. It was yeah. there. It, it really was, and um, but the trick is backing up, and doing it again, Yeah, again, again, and again, and again. And I, I suppose it's it's that it's that that culture that just gets ingrained in the players from having one coach there for so long. And unfortunately, for a lot of the guys, they've had to reset so many times. It was always going to be a bit of a, a grind to um, to get those standards there. Yeah, we we, we had some good leaders um, over, over my time there at the Warriors with Simon, um, Jake Lilliman. Um, you know, obviously Rog and and, and Tommy and, and all that sort of stuff. But unfortunately, for a lot of those guys, they weren't on the paddock. Mm-hmm. So having like a, during those three years, old, I was there. You know, we lost Dodge for the year. We lost Tommy for the year. Um, you know, Simon was was going going through a lot of stuff just because the toll of all that footy over the years really took its toll on him. But uh, look, we as I said, we, we showed glimpses um, during that time, and you know there were glimpses shown during during Mux's time there. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll probably lean to the side to, to persevere, but you know, I, I understand too, it's, it's a results based business and you need wins, you need mm-hmm.
0: Ws. You had Mooks, uh, Stephen Cooney was the assistant coach in Melbourne. Did he change when he came over yep. and he took the head coaching role? And also how hard is it going from uh, assistant coach to a head coach? What, what's the difference and and, and how do you be get, become the good coach?
1: Yeah, that's that's a big one, Like, well, he did, did a bit of success taking the boys to the finals. Um, you know, look, Mooks, Mooks was, was a great assistant. And I, first of all, playing with him and then having him as his assistant, I used to follow him around like a puppy, puppy dog, to be quite mm-hmm. honest. Like, you know, one of the best back rowers of the game is, and I really model my game. So to see him, I was really excited when he signed on as, um, uh, signed on as coach for for the Warriors. Uh, probably excited until he told me that he wasn't going to re-sign me for the next year. But We've uh, all had those coaches, no, look, man. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But, you know, Steve, best thing about Steve is that he was honest. He told, he was honest and he wanted success and he expected success. I think sometimes, you know, play uh, coaches can play the mind games thing and try and be too smart with what they're doing. Steve didn't try to be too smart or anything like too smart for his own good. He wanted players to play, uh, you know, to, to, to their experience and to their potential. Um, you know, personally i think it was it was worth worth um persevering with but that, that obviously wasn't my call and i wasn't at the club at, at the time but you know i remember that there was a real sense of excitement when steve came on board but you know to go from an assistant to uh to a to a head coach is, is a big gig because oh, you know nice. in the end but the, the buck stops with you um you need to make all the decisions you need to make all the all the hard calls and um you know steve did that but uh, unfortunately some of those calls weren't you know right by, by the powers that be and you know owners and all that sort of stuff they only try to do what's what's best for the club and what's best for the fans so it really is a tricky sort of um, situation yeah. to be in
0: brother you know all about uh, great spines uh being from melbourne the current spine now and then obviously the big three and the, the spines that you've been a part of i go back to 2017 and i don't think i was ever excited about a spine in my life especially at the warriors it was the kiwi spine uh, you had foreign come yep. over. Um, it was the dream spine. Um, is it an opportunity missed that we didn't capitalise on that a little bit more? And, and why was it not so effective? Geez,
1: monster. I wish, I wish I knew. To be quite honest, mate. Um, yeah, there was unbelievable excitement around um, around what what the players that, that we had in that year. You know, obviously having bully and a hooker, Shawnee, Foz, and um, Roger at, at the back. I mean, all, all the all the building blocks were there, and. Um, that was just so disappointing that we – I think it came to a stage where we expected it to happen. Yeah. Um, we, we, we we started to look at those guys to sort of get us out of a bind or get us out of that. We, we needed to to set a platform and, and all that first. And, um, you know, we just – we lapsed at, 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 you know, pivotal moments. We, we didn't defend well. And it's all well and good given those blokes a ball. But if we're giving them a ball with, you know, a 20-point deficit, well, what's what's the point? You know, and um, I, I, would, I wish there I had an answer why. We, we didn't see his defence as important that year, but, um, you know, our defence was poor and um, that, that's that's what I think was, was most disappointing.
0: The young talent on the ground for you um, yeah. early on, who, who, who caught your eye? Dave Fusatua, Dave Fusatua
1: for sure. Because he had all the attributes that Israel had when Israel started, everything. Everything he had the leaping ability, he had the um, he had the skill, he had the speed, he just had that had that long stride. So D- Dave Fusatour was a, was a very 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 special player, I, th- I thought. And um, yeah, you know, another boat was Nate Roach. Unfortunately, his career has just been decimated through through injuries. But he he was a high quality, really really high quality player. I mean that's that shows how cruel this game really is. Like Nate Roach and Ben Henry, two of the best trainers, the best attitude. And the most skillful players, and had just had a want to want to win and want to compete, and they just had their their careers cut short, with, due to no, no fault of their own. And that's how cruel that this this game is. Um, you know, Ben Henry should be a twenty game test player. Yeah. To be quite honest, he had that skill with you know playing in the back row, or playing in the centres. You know, he, he would he would be a leader. He'd be the current captain of the Warriors. Right now, to yeah. be quite honest, you know, I'd love to see a challenge between Nate Roach and Brandon Smith for the Kiwi Test on the spot because you know he he was Test quality. Um, Bunti Afua, it was, it was great to see him play his hundredth game on the, on the on the weekend too. Um, I'd love to see him coming through the grades. You know, I love Jazz. I loved I love seeing Jazz because Jazz only knew one way. He tries to fight people a bit too much, but uh, but I, I loved I loved his attitude. He's he's the type of player that I know Craig Bellamy likes. That gets in, does all the Mungle work, mm. does all the stuff that doesn't get to all the all the raps. Um, you yeah. um, know, Sam Sam Lassani and Albert Vette, real day booed for the Warriors the same day. So it was um, you know seeing those guys you know. It's a real shame that Albert Albert didn't kick on it as much because I you know I loved to, he he was he was a great leader and you know Sam Sam Lassani, you don't really get a forward with those skills too much so I, I think I think um, impatience set in with with a few players like I, I reckon if if Tuilola here and Ate Hingano had a bit more time um, to sort of development themselves that they, they would have um, progressed to be very very good players but I think sometimes players get a bit impatient and just want they want, want what they want straight mm. away. Um, and realising that you, you get the, you, first grade's not the place to be learning your trade. you got to learn your trade in the lower grades before, you know, first grade is when you show your skills, you don't need, you don't learn the game in first grade. You know, the way more I'm talking, I'm remembering all these, all these great young players that, that that were coming through that have done, done great things
0: Mate, I, I, I think there's a bit of a stigma around Australians coming over here. It's been that way over the years and probably now currently with people deciding not to come home and, and all sorts. What, what what do you think that is? Is that a thing? Was that just unlucky with some of our recruits, you reckon?
1: Yeah, look, I think when when recruit goes anywhere, it needs to go there with, a, with the right mentality and the right mindset. and Possibly that might not have happened in the past. Um, yeah, it's said that the Warriors... Pay pay a bit overs to, to get to get players over there, and that, that's just the way it is. You have to pay overs to get players to leave to leave their their current clubs. But you know, I don't want to speak out of school because I don't I don't know the circumstances of certain players and everything like that. But I get really disappointed when you hear people say they don't want to move to New Zealand. I mean, you sign with a New Zealand club. Um, my my thing was, I was excited to ta- to take the family to to New Zealand. Um, my wife was excited. My son was excited, and then we had our daughter over there, so in our passport collection, we've got a New Zealand passport floating around. But, um, you yeah, know, it, it was those sort of things that added to the mystique of signing with the Warriors, moving to, to a new country and representing a country. That really that really ex- excited me. And, um, yeah, you know, you just wish people and players would have um, a bit more of an open approach to going over there because it is a, it, it is a yeah. s- special place. and. You know, you're not on the other side of the planet. You're, you, are know, three hours away on a plane.
0: Mate, a wonderful career you had amongst a number of clubs, um, but you got to um, uh, celebrate some of those milestones at the Warriors. What about three hundred? Besides the conversion, was that the only conversion yeah. in your career? What 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 else do you remember of that? It was, it was
1: my only one I kicked. It wasn't the only one. It wasn't the only one I attempted, but it's the only one I kicked. Um, yeah. Look, that that three hundred game really showed to me how special the club was. Like, yeah, it was a special milestone for me, 300 games. But the way we played that day, like we played the house down, we really did. The way the players played, and it really, I, I, felt, I found it really touching, and it was really special, and um, it showed how special the club was because the effort the boys put in, I don't know if they put it in for me or, or whatever, like, but the effort they put in for that day to make that day a very special moment for me that, that showed their care for me by the effort they put in, and you know, I, I, I took that really to heart and t- took great pride in, in my teammates and being a warrior on, on that day. You know, seeing the effort that those guys put in, mm. and obviously keeping the conversion at the end, um, having the boys jump all over it was just one of those you know great days. And yeah, you, know, you, you want a milestone to be special, and um, you know. The boys showed how important I was to them by, by the by the way they mm. played because I think they knew how important
0: it was to me. Absolutely, and and you know you've had a lot of great days when you've had a uh, career as long as yours. Uh, the longevity, uh, why, how? I mean, what's what's the secret sauce in that, man? And the consistency.
1: Yeah, oh, I, I love the game. I lo- I just I flat out love the game. I just wanted to play it as as long as as long as I can. Um, I wanted to prepare myself to be as best I can. Um, so for for me, um, it was more so I did a lot of my stuff out of fear, because I didn't want to be the bloke that let someone down. Fear fear yeah. was a big driver for me. I didn't want to be either one of have teammates look over at me and say he didn't fill the space there, he missed that tackle. You know we can't trust Hoff because he missed his tackles. That that scared the hell out of me. Mm. That I didn't want to be that bloke. So I made sure I, I prepared to ensure that I wasn't that person. And I I think in in doing that I I, I set myself up for. A, for a career that you know, I ne- never really had a, a target on the bat. I was never that bloke to saying I'll be happy with one first grade game. Nah,
0: nah. I was never happy with one first
1: grade. I just wanted more. Yeah. I just wanted. I just wanted another one and another one and another one. And um, you know, the, I, th- I think a I, I flat out love for the game um, really helped me play as, as long as what I was. Mm. I'll be honest. I was lucky. I was really lucky with injuries. And, um, and like, as we were talking about with Benry and um, Nate before, like you, you don't get to say a, a lot of the time. So I was, I was really lucky injury-wise that it made me carry um, all these games. But um, yeah, I, I don't think you can do that unless you generally love it because if you generally love something, you're going to do everything you can to get the most out of it personally. And that means that you're going to do that bit of extras when no one's looking because you know you're not doing yeah. it for show. You're doing it because you know you're preparing yourself. Um, to be the best player you can, but more importantly, the best teammate you can be.
0: Hoffie, uh final um, stories, players or moments that stick in your mind uh, when, when you re- reflect on 60 great games in the... Uh, not all great, because uh, that's how it is in, in yeah. the <laughs> tough game of rugby league, but in the Warriors jumper.
1: It was those moments when you knew that you were a part of a New Zealand team. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'd, I'd love sort of warming up and, and you know, they do the pūkana Cam and all that sort of stuff. And I, I, took, I took a great little sort of, this is cool. I'm part of a club that, that does that. I'm part of a club that, that lo- loves its heritage and loves its culture and, and all that sort of stuff. So I really I really took a lot of luck, obviously, not, not being Māori or Polynesian myself. I, it, it didn't sort of mean something to me culturally, but it meant something to me to be a part of. Mm. And I, I think that was a big thing for me, as being part of the Warriors was that, was that connection and feeling that, that that connection to the place, being an outsider coming in. And um, actually, I, I tell you what, my two of my, my most favorite memories were was the big feeds that we have. we'd have. A, we'd have a Sunday afternoon feed. Yeah, You know, those things, the boys are bringing in food left. I remember the first time we, we had a big team feed, and you know, my wife brought in some sort of finger food and all that sort of stuff <laughs> on like two plates. And all these poly boys are bringing out these <laughs> massive big silver <laughs> trays full of food we're like, holy, oh, okay, now we know where we're at. But those sort of things, like, they're, mm. they're some of my most fond moments being a part of the Warriors and just the, the, the people being involved. And um, oh, I think we got we got a great sort of thing at that. We, we got going at the end and I was going around and seeing the fans and high-fiving the fans and doing doing all, the, all those sort of stuff after the game because, you know, rain, hail, shine, we had definitely a lot of rain and hail during, during the times there. Like, they turn out. Mm. they turn out because they love rugby league.
0: Ryan, once a warrior, always a warrior. And we thank you for being such a, a great warrior and a warrior captain, my man.
1: Thanks, Martin. As I said, mate, it's one of the most proudest things I've ever had in my career to say. I am you
0: know, I was a captain of the, of, the, of the New Zealand Warriors. Next week on the show, Wadangi Corpu, a legend of the jumper right here on Once a Warrior. Ryan
1: Hoffman runs a great line. Who saw that coming? Hoffman's got the ball. Hoffman, right off though, straight through now Hoffman, Ryan Hoffman makes